For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. Not the greatest feeling right now in Leafs Nation. Leafs are down in the series two games to none versus the Florida Panthers in round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, but a couple of good news items that we want to get to first. Uh, we should have mentioned this on our last show, but uh, it's too much excitement, I guess, with the first round uh win versus Tampa in 19 years. Um, but yeah, so what is exciting is that the Leafs are going to Sweden as part of the NHL Global Series. So that uh, that's um, something that we've never been in in over to Europe like the Leafs, anyways. And um, and yeah, so the teams going across uh, there are uh, the Senators, the Minnesota Wild, the Detroit Red Wings, and the Leafs. So yeah. What do you think, Sil? Well, be good, yeah. uh, so this is obviously part of the NHL Global Series. Uh, there have been various teams that have gone over to different countries. I think last year it was uh, to Czechia, I believe. Um, but I, I think hopefully the fact that uh, the Leafs are going to be part of this is going to give a little bit more profile to uh, the series and as well the fact that they're going to be in Sweden because uh, that's obviously also – um, you know, a very popular hockey destination, um, very high participation there. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And obviously, Hope. our connection with Sweden. And, yes. Um, with Boreas Salming and mm-hmm. uh, Inga Hammerstrom as well, who came over yeah. with Salming at the time in 1973. So, there's that lot. Of, I'm sure a lot of Swedish. The Swedish population knows uh, about the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's really exciting. So we're yeah. we're we're hopeful that we'll be able to report on that as well in November. Yeah, more on that later. <laughs> yes. So uh, another exciting news came out in the past week, and that's regarding Mitch Marner being named as a nominee for the Selkie Trophy. Um, also nominated for the awards are for the award are Boston Bruins uh, Patrice. Patrice Bergeron, which is no surprise, and the New Jersey Devils, uh, Nico Heischer. So this is a, a real uh, great thing for Mitch, long overdue. Um, yes, we've always talked a lot about, you know, how he plays in all situations. Um, typically, this is like a, an award that is usually uh, given out to centermen. So the fact that he's nominated as a winger, that's also a big deal. Yeah, um yeah. so was interesting though I was uh I was listening to I guess a bit of a review on nhl.com and uh the reporters there they were saying how um like obviously Bergeron's a five-time winner of the trophy they should yeah. re- rename it after him mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh but yeah like it is normally a centerman that that gets that award that gets that award but uh I guess what the NHL is or the yeah, I guess the NHL people who vote on it anyways, they're looking at other criteria. Like they said, like Marner had 104 takeaways, 45 block shots during the regular season and average ice time, 21 minutes and 17 seconds. So mm-hmm. and he plays in all situations. So yeah. And just shy of a hundred points as well. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. And they're taking into account the, the offensive part of the game too, not just mm-hmm. the, how you can basically do both and cons- consistently. Basically, mm-hmm. that was the uh, the other thing. So, well, we obviously think he should be a shoe in. Yes, yeah. But it was interesting too. Like a lot of the Western 
conference teams like they were saying mm-hmm. that the the people that vote need to stay up longer because all the three the three nominees are from the east right yeah i could i could agree <laughs> with that yeah yeah because they were saying uh, how about anjay kopitar was the one mm-hmm. um i think he has been nominated before though yes yeah yeah mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's won it before. I think he might have won even. Yeah. Anyway, we'd have to yeah. look that up. But yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. So congrats to Mitch on, on being nominated. That's really good. And mm-hmm. yeah. And a reminder before we get into the main part of our show, reminder for all our listeners, if you can please leave us a rating or review, let us know what you think of the show. Um, it's easy. Yeah, it's e- very easy on Apple and Spotify. On Apple, you just have to scroll down to the bottom of the profile page and just click the five stars like Syl was just saying. And uh, Spotify, it's at the top. And again, at the top of the page, as soon as you get in. Makes it easy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, if we could do that for us that would be fantastic and also we are on youtube now so you can watch us and listen to us Uh, so be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel at ltl 1917 uh, to watch our show and to see our videos of games we've attended uh, during regular season and the playoffs so hopefully we're gonna have a lot more playoff content as we go through this uh, so also don't forget we're publishing weekly now for the playoffs. So be sure to follow us and listen to our show. So now it's time to get into this episode and we're going to start off with some leaf talk and then we're going to run the playoff, uh, ladies talking leaves playoff highlight reel. And in our third period segment, we welcome back again, our ladies talking leaves insider, Mike Ogello, uh, to get his thoughts on the Leafs second round series versus the Panthers. So Without any further ado, let's talk Leafs. All right. So like I mentioned before, um, we're down to nothing right now going into game three. Um, so basically tonight's game three uh, is a must win for us, I think, anyways, in uh, against Florida down in Sunrise. And it's going to be interesting what uh, Sheldon Keefe decides to do with the lineup. Um, the odd thing in this series is that for both home games anyways, the Leafs really didn't play that badly. It's just that they made dumb mistakes and, or they didn't show up for like the short period of time, a couple of minutes or a minute, 30 seconds. And then Florida made them pay right away. Like they Mm -hmm. managed to capitalize on it. So, so yeah, I just think the key really is, um, well, I think, I think Sheldon Keefe, I think they're going to go 11 and seven for game number three. It's rumblings anyways, that that's, going to be happening but they really just need to worry about starting on time (laughs) and for every period and not falling asleep even towards the end of the period too because there have been some goals let in uh, throughout these playoffs where last minute of the period they've uh they've let in so and that just deflates the team basically when that happens right and um and yeah and they need to get their power play going um, they're, I believe they're one for seven in the series and, um, yeah. And their power play is just, it's 25% right now in the playoffs. And that's not good enough. That's not good enough. Even though we were 20, it was 20, we were, yeah, we need to be closer to the 30% mark anyways, mm-hmm. to, to, to be better. And, and yeah. And right now we're, we're sixth in the league in the playoffs for the, um, for the power play. So what I think there is, and maybe you can tell me if you think this is wrong, but I think Willie should be put up to the top unit. Like he's been on the second unit. He was a little bit in the game number two um, because he started going, let's just say in the third period. (laughs) We'll be talking about that in a minute, but, um, but I just think give him that extra, like give him that extra ice time because when you look at it in game number one, it was like a ridiculous amount of difference. Like Willie had a minute, 10 seconds and let's say Marner had over four minutes on the power play. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's just well, too much. They need to manage it better. Or Keith needs to manage, either manage that better or just put him on the first unit. Oh, I, I, you know, I think that that's probably would be a good thing. And I think that would be helpful to get Willie's game going too, because, you know, he can really work, he can really cycle the puck and um, you know, it's the thing is too, is that different series call for different player combinations and different dynamics on the ice. And you know, where 
O'Reilly being in the, on the first power play unit, maybe that worked well against Tampa, you know, mm-hmm. but maybe against Florida, it's not working so well. So I think maybe you do need to switch that up and give our dynamic players, uh, you know, more time on there. Because the thing is, is there's a lot more open space to skate in this series, you know, against Tampa, you knew you had to get the greasy goal because they were on you all the time. It was very tight. Yes. Uh, uh, Florida is a great forechecking team, but as far as uh, space on the ice to skate, there's way more room here. So that is that bodes better for you know a player that is more mobile and can cycle like Willie. I think that that's probably a, an adjustment they need to make because the other thing is they're not really getting in on Bobrovsky that that well either. I think Florida is doing a really good uh, job at keeping that net front clear. So they're not getting in there for for that greasy goal against him or e- able to really get, um, you know, to block him or uh, reduce his vision as well. So bottom line is they've got to they've got to either do that better or they're going to they've got to give somebody else a, a shot. But I think that they they to have, you know, more confusion having Willie on there is probably a good thing because then you've got like him and Mitch that are, are set up guys. Yeah. That can potentially, you know, create something. Yeah. And they can like cycle the puck around and, and, yeah. and, and do that. And, and like you were saying, when it comes to skating and, uh, we were yelling in game two while we were mm-hmm. there saying, or you were anyways, mostly saying skate, right? But, yeah. um, the thing, like, that's the other thing they need to do is just like not let, they're letting, they're basically standing there letting Florida set up their defense yeah. mode and, 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 it's like you don't, you can't do that. You got to get going, like move it, like move the puck, get it. Yeah, up. there's too many times where they were standing still, like yeah. they their feet have got to be moving, and it's yeah. that's never a good sign yeah. when and your team that, stops skating. Yeah, and then that way, like Florida can try all they want with their forecheck, but mm-hmm. we should be we should be long gone by that time. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. just say, right? Like the puck should have been moving out of our zone and going in through the neutral zone into the offensive zone. So. Um, yeah, those are just some of the changes that I, 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 well, it has to start tonight, right? Like, um, but, and I'm wearing my little necklace here before I forget my little necklace. I found the little Maple Leaf necklace. Sorry. I found a little Maple Leaf necklace. I got to talk in my mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, I got this from, I don't know how old I was. Maybe I was 13 years old and I just found it today. So maybe that's good luck. Um, we'll see what happens, but, um, but yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Willie a little bit more here. Well, you know, uh, a lot, you know, I think that he has been looking like just, just the disappearing Willie again for the start of this, this series. Um, He has, you know, he's, I think he's got like 13 shots so far, uh, but his shooting percentage, I think it is under 6%. Yeah. which isn't that great. Um, you know, he was sort of missing in action and it was very plainly obvious in, in the second game, uh, because he showed up so much in the third, in the third period. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And that's why we, every, the fans and, and even the media, whatever, like, that's why it, it brings attention to it because yes, it's, it's so different from yeah. one period to another. It's, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. The way that is. And, um, but yeah. I think, you know, Keith does have to get him more engaged in, and get him in to spots where he can succeed. You know, like, I don't know. I think maybe he, I think it would be good for him to play with Matthews again a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that they like that Marner Matthews combo, but sometimes I think that it's, it's good to to mix that up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think of that? Yeah. yeah, there's there is that. And uh but again, I guess we talked a little bit about it already with the power play. I think that's gonna be a difference maker. I think he's he may be a little bit pissed with with mm-hmm. uh with Keefe and and the fact that he is on the second power play unit, but then if Keefe let's say they go with the eleven and seven and they bring in Gustafson. Mm-hmm. Like that will bring in more creativity for that second power play unit with if Willie stays there. Yeah. And that that may help as well. Um, because Giordano has been like 
I don't know. I guess he's, I guess he's just getting, he's getting tired. I think, I think so. <laughs> um, and, and so the, doing the 11 and seven will help that part as well. And cause Giordano is normally on that second power play unit. He's, he's in there. Um, but Gustafson, the one game that he came in in game six versus Tampa, like you could, you could notice a difference on that second power mm-hmm. play unit. And, and he's fresh, obviously, right? He hasn't played. He only played the one game and that was it. So, um, yeah, with Willie, I think, yeah, I think it's, I think it's partly that, that he might be a little bit pissed because he is, I guess, on the, even though it's, it's not a demotion, but he probably thinks of it that way. And, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, so, cause his, his average ice time actually has been pretty close to what, like it's pretty even throughout the uh, throughout the playoffs. He's averaging almost like about 19 minutes, mm-hmm. right? So, whereas like obviously Matthews and Marner, they're playing upwards of 20, let's say 25 minutes around there, 24, 25, and JT is 21 and around the 21 range, mm-hmm. right? So as to, I think by putting, well, and it's the power play minutes yes, is the difference. Yeah, that's the difference, and that's where I think if Keith manages it a bit better and gives him that extra minute to get him up to let's say the twenty minute mark, because they obviously the minutes make a difference huge for the player too, right? Obviously, he needs to be able to handle it, and I think Willie can definitely handle it the way he can skate and and mm-hmm. go around with the puck, and um, and it's just that additional threat that Florida will have to we'll have to think about and um but yeah he has to get that that shooting percentage i mean you got to think that it's going to change after having all that shots to be less than six percent yeah matthews and mar i guess he's at the top right now in in on the team with the 36 shots matthews is 35 in the playoffs and but matthews is around 14 15 percent shooting so shooting percentage so that's like double Mm -hmm. so you got to think it's going to change for willie and um and uh, yeah. So. Well, let's just hope that he basically takes what he did in the third period and, you know, <laughs> and just builds on that because, uh, yeah, if he had played that whole game that way, you know, we probably would have won that game probably. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, sure. And get some traffic in front of our bros. Yeah. On top of it. But yeah, a hundred percent. Like we, we need to make it so that he's not seeing everything. And we did such a good job of that against Vasilevsky. So we need to kind of implement that same thing. But the main thing is, is they basically, the, the team has to play their game. They, they can't let Florida dictate the type of game that we're going to play. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it's basically, we're just letting them dictate the pace, the flow, you know, the energy. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. it's sad that that happened that way at, at home because the crowds were great. So you cannot blame the fact that the, you know, you couldn't feed off the crowd energy. No, um, I know. And that's what the, the media is trying to put that out there, which is ridiculous, really. No. Um, I mean, when you only win one home game so far in the playoffs, I mean, what do you yeah. expect? Like the, no, this, the, <laughs> you know, we've been to like, however small amount of playoff games there have been in the last yeah. few years. We've been to several of them and by far these are the best crowds that we've had yeah. in the last, I don't know, five years or more yeah. Yeah. that even, I can recall. Even when they're even when we're down. Like yeah. still doing the go at least in the upper bowl for yes. sure. Uh, <laughs> Maybe they just can't hear us. I don't know. Maybe they can't hear us. I don't know. But um but yeah every time we talk about Mr. Willie or Dr. Nylander shows up so Let's cross our fingers that happens for the rest of the series that Dr. Mm-hmm. Nylander shows up. Um, and we need a lot more highlight, ma- because we need a lot more highlight re- real material, if I can get that out of my mouth. <laughs> from our, We need a lot more highlight real material from our core five, that's for sure. So we've picked out, there is some highlight real material anyways, and we picked out uh, our top three playoff highlight reel moments from the last two games of this series. So let's roll it. Right. So coming in at number three, we have Michael Bunting uh, coming back from the three game suspension. Uh, he's been maybe a little quieter than we're used to seeing him, you know, not maybe chirping as obviously as he does, uh, but he's brought the energy to the lineup and he's staying out of the penalty box, which is key. And he also scored a really nice goal in game one. So. Um, yeah, I, I personally, I would like to see, I know that that's, there's an edge there and they're afraid of him, you know, doing something stupid, but for the most part, 
you know, maybe he's ended up in the box um, a few times, but he's he doesn't normally get the suspension. So I think if he can keep his emotions under control, but still bring his usual energy. I mean, like that Brandon Montour guy is is a nonstop chatterbox. He won't yeah. stop talking. So like, honestly, why didn't, why doesn't he just talk to him all night? That would be good. Get him off his game <laughs> yeah. a bit. Um, I, I didn't realize Montour was that kind of player. Oh yeah. I, I noticed it constantly. Like he is yeah. talking after the play all the time with a goofy smile on his face. So someone needs to get that goofy smile off his face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no, Scarborough, you know, I'm a fan of Scarborough, obviously coming from Scarborough. So um, yeah, the first couple of games, he's averaged about 14, 15 minutes and yeah, he's been pretty relatively quiet um, with the chirping part of it. But um, if he can, he can, I think he can elevate that just a little bit and mm -hmm. with the chirping and but stay out of the penalty box that's the main thing and yeah. um west mccauley is the ref tonight oh one of, one of the refs so um yeah so he just needs to keep it under control and um i think it'll be good he scored a, that goal was a beauty to tie it up in that oh my god yeah and it's just too bad that they um, I guess had the little laps there and, yeah. and, and let it get away in game number one. But uh, yeah, well deserving of our number three spot coming mm -hmm. back from uh, he brought a lot of energy. Obviously, he was out for most of the series versus Tampa. So mm -hmm. moving on to number two, bringing the physicality. We love physicality in the playoffs. Um, Luke Shen basically bulldozed Keith, uh, Keith Kachuk or Matthew Kachuk. Sorry, Keith is his dad. <laughs> oh my God. I'm thinking of I'm going back in the day there. I did used to watch Keith Kachuk, but uh, anyhow, yeah, no. Luke Shen uh, bulldozed his, Matthew Kachuk and then Jake McCabe making some big hits uh, in in the game as well. And then even Morgan Riley getting in on the action too, getting in a hit uh, or a big, couple of big hits, although I'm a little bit worried with Riley doing that. That's not his game. But that's that's going back to what you were saying in the in the last segment there. It's great to have these hits, but really like that's not our game either sorry thing right no gotta... exactly that's why like with mccabe i like the physicality but yeah. he has to i don't know it's not i want to reel it in a bit but he needs to pick his spots because he did get he did get caught out of position making that type of play that yeah. directly led to a goal so you want to do that but you need to be smart you can't just be running these guys you know all over the place like it's you have to make a smart play at the same time so yeah, yeah. but uh i mean they got um i guess four we got 47 hits in game number one 42 in game number two and we were we were in game number one we were better than florida let's just say in in mm -hmm. the average hits and then game number two were pretty much even but uh yeah i mean honestly for me like physicality is not just uh you know, labeling guys with big hits either. It's also being strong on the puck. And as far as the forechecking battles, you know, Florida is, is doing much better than us there. Like we need to be stronger on the puck. We need to not uh, well, they, allow they them to take the puck off of us as much. Yeah, The takeaways, I was just going to say they're yes. much better in this series so far. Yeah. And that's usually our game. Like yeah. normally, like if, like, you know, from the stats going into this series, that's something that we led them on. So we're allowing them to to take over that, and and that's and, not good. So we just need to be stronger in that area as well. And on the opposite side, we're doing more giveaways, which yes, <laughs> which they're they're facilitating that too. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You got to give them credit. Yeah, yeah. All right. So coming in on our number one, and this is bittersweet, uh, is uh, Matthew Nye's. Um, we're giving the kid the top spot this week in the, on the playoff highlight reel, uh, in game one, Nye's got his first playoff goal and his first NHL career goal, which was a beauty. I mean, the poise this kid has is, is incredible. So he went, he was going from the forehand to a bit of a spinnerama move on the backhand, getting it past Bobrovsky and like Bobrovsky had like nothing, Yeah, he you was know, falling down. He was yeah. Because so he had a, a completely open net there yeah, on that yeah, corner. Yeah. Um, anyways, it was beautiful. And he's just, he, he, he processes so quickly 
on the ice. You know, he, he's a really quick thinker. He's got a great hockey IQ and he's just a really talented and skilled player and is just so unfortunate that, you know, he ended up getting taken out of this series. Yeah. And that Sam Bennett basically yes. took his uh, head and smashed it to the ice, but that's okay mm-hmm. with the NHL. So yeah, I guess it is too much into that. <laughs> yeah. We've talked enough on, on social media about that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We will get into it a little bit in our next segment as well. So Anyway, we all know the Leafs are not in a great position uh, being down two games to none in this series right now against Florida. And nobody better to talk to about it than our Ladies Talking Leafs insider, Micah Jello, And he is joining us to give us his thoughts on this series and how the Leafs can get back into it in our third period segment. For our third period segment, uh, we want to welcome to the show our Ladies Talking Leaves insider, Mike Agello, once again. And just to get his thoughts on the what's going on with the Leafs in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, joy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just to give you a little background, Mike covers the Leafs and the NHL as a reporter and does a podcast with HockeyBuzz.com. Uh, he is also co-host of Off the Post Radio and the Leafs Combo, and he is a writer for Full Press Hockey. Mike also dropped some news this past week that he is going to be covering daily coverage of the Buffalo Sabres with uh, hockey, uh, National Hockey Now. Um, as always, thanks for coming on the show, Mike, and congratulations on the new gig. So before Great. we get into the Leafs a little bit more, you, give us the lowdown on your on your new gig with uh, Hockey Now. Thank you, ladies. Um, well, yeah, I'm basically, you know, I'm, I've been providing daily coverage uh, for the uh, for Hockey Buzz, covering the Leafs for about 14 years. And I've been a hockey fan for a long time. So uh, adding the Sabres to my portfolio is, you know, not a big challenge because I've been here my entire life. Um, you know, probably I think I can probably do a more effective job covering the Sabres because they don't pull at my heartstrings the way other <laughs> teams that shall not be named uh, do. But uh, yeah, it's it may, it'll be a little more work, but that's something I've never shied away from. And I love hockey and I love writing about hockey. So, you know, I'm, I'm satisfying both ends of the Niagara Peninsula. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, congrats again on Thank that. You. And yeah, and it's, let's move on to the pulling at your heartstrings team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the Leafs are down right now in the series as we're doing the show, two games to none. And mm-hmm. My question for you, first question is how Sheldon Keefe is handling the bench, I guess. Um, I don't know. Back in the old days, to me, they used to have like set lines all the time. We always knew mm-hmm. who was playing with who. And this whole season and even previous to this, it's like he's never had anything set. And I'm just wondering, like, like it's good to have the mix and match and all players can play together. But do you think like this is becoming maybe a little bit of an issue for round for this round? Or do you think it's... Like, I don't know. I, I just, I like the, like the players, I would think like the continuity of the same, like knowing who they're playing with. Right. Like, especially on the defense. Anyways, right. But- I, I mean, the defensive pairings have been pretty static yeah. throughout the playoffs. I mean, the only change, which is I, I, I believe was a, a dramatic upgrade was sitting <laughs> Justin Hall and putting in Timothy Lilligren, and they had to they had to give Lilligren a little bit of a support structure by putting Gustafson in there. But Gustafson is just as bad defensively as as Justin Hall, so they've gone to six D with uh, you know Giordano and Lilligren, McCabe, Brody, and 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 Riley and Shen. And in the two games against Florida, the pairing that's been the big problem, even and I I would think it's the most dependable defensively. Uh, Brody and McCabe have been victimized in both games, uh, probably because they're matching up against the Kachuk line. Um, but they they have not. I think they were minus a total minus five in game one, and I think they were on the ice for two of the three goals in game two. So they had they've been struggling, and I think McCabe sort of uh, was trying to step up physically and match what Florida is doing. I don't think you can do that and take yourself out of position because that's exactly what Florida wants. But as for the forward line situation, I mean, really, they've been jumbling Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, flipping the wingers back and forth that they've played with each other so much that I think they're used to it no matter who they're playing with. 
maybe the left side. I think they brought Bunting back up to that top line because I think he is the best facilitator for Matthews and Marner. And now with the injury to Matthew Nyes, uh, Yarncroke or Kerfoot, I know they're using Kerfoot with O'Reilly and Achari on a checking line. But, you know, you could, if, if, if they need a jump, you could see Kerfoot elevated because he worked well with Tavares before. I think they sort of mix and match based on who they want to uh, play, who they want Matthews to play against or Tavares to play against. But now they're not going to have the last line change. So, you know, they're probably going to be get stuck with whoever Paul Maurice wants to play against uh, whatever center. Yeah. Do you think, though, like it's like, well, it hasn't been too much of a chess, chess match between the two coaches, but do you think the the fact that like Marner and Matthews, I looked like they're playing, it was 24, 25 minutes, both games. And then there's like it's too much. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. a little bit of a drop off, I guess, to Tavares is playing 21 minutes. And then our friend uh, William Nylander is, is uh, down to like 19. We'll get to um, him in a second. But yeah, but. But I don't know, that ice time part, do you think that's anything that Keith, like management-wise, like if there's something well, you could... in the playoffs, you want to play your best players the most. And, you know, they've been playing from behind. And when you play from behind, you need your offensive. I mean, mm-hmm. ideally, I would think you'd want to divvy up the time of Matthews, uh, Tavares, and O'Reilly, you know, have them be around 18, 19 minutes, uh, maybe yeah. a little less, and have the fourth-line guy camp be like 10, 12 but when you're behind, you have to, and and also you're you're moving O'Reilly up on the line with Tavares, or you're moving Tavares up on the line with Matthews. After you know, after PK, they always load up the the, the next line, yeah. all the guys who haven't who weren't on the penalty kill. So, I mean, could he be better with time management? Sure, but the thing is, is that when you're behind, time management be damned. You you. Hmm. Know, got two days in between game two and game three. So I would have emptied the tank on these guys just to catch up and just to tie the game. And Well, I would agree with that too. Like, and I was actually surprised that in the third period, he didn't play them more for that reason. Yeah. You know, like I thought at that point you need a goal. So, but they had, you know, camp out there, like the fourth line for, you know, within the last two minutes or whatever. Right. So I thought that was, I don't know. Yeah, but in, in that instance, you, you they had loaded up, if I'm remembering correctly, they had loaded up with basically the power play configuration. Mm-hmm. In before they had pulled Samson off, they had you know Tavares, O'Reilly. Uh, I think they had I actually think I actually think they had four forwards and 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 Morgan Riley uh, trying to get the tying goal, and then. They sort of put uh, that camp line out there, which the fourth line was pretty effective. I guess I mean, that's were, probably why they wanted to get the stop there, so that they could get Samsonov out, probably. Right, and give and give that that top unit or that power play unit a blow, a blow for forty five seconds mm-hmm. or whatever, so you could get them out there for the last two minutes. But you know, I mean, Sergey Bobrovsky was wearing his blue tights and in red tape <laughs> in both games, so you know, I mean. Yeah. I, I wrote on ho- after the game. I wrote on Hockey Buzz yesterday. It was a forty-seven second brain cramp, and if I needed any kind of, you know, sort of support to my point of view, because sometimes you know, I say something on the Buzzcast or I say something on the on the convo, and I'm wondering, am I like out on out in left field with my point of view? Uh, and then I heard Pierre LeBrun talking about it yesterday on TSN radio. And I said, okay, now I feel better of, of, for my point of view. And if you look at the eight games that the Leafs have played in the playoffs and they're four and four right now, they will, they will, they won in six over Tampa. And now they've lost the first two against Florida of the eight games. They've been the better team in two, maybe two and a half mm-hmm. in the, in the Tampa series, they were destroyed in game one. They led from the very beginning in game two. Uh, they were they came back from a deficit in game three after blowing a lead. They were down all game in game four and came back from three goals to tie it and win it in overtime. Game five was a disaster, another another bad game. And game six was a typical playoff 1-1 game going to overtime. So in that series, they were the better team in two games at best, two. And now... 
in this series, you can say they were the better team uh, in game two, but they blew a two-goal lead in, in, in 47 seconds at the beginning of the second period, and that it could never get back. And my assertion right now with this team is, they're, I mean, maybe they scored a lot, of, a lot of points against Tampa, but their core group against Florida has lost to the Panthers' core group. Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Neander have been outworked by Kachuk and Bennett and Barkov and Montour. And if, you know, you can get all the goals, support goals from Nyes and Bunting and Kerfoot, but if your core group doesn't score and, and best the other team, why bother? Okay, so that actually, I, I was going to ask this question a little later on in uh, in our discussion, but I'm going to move it up now because it's it's it it fits what we're talking about right now. So, so then, despite being down two games, so like you said, the Leafs appear to be the better team so far. I think we can all agree. So, no doubt, Boston was feeling the same that they were the better team the whole way through. So, what do the Leafs need to do differently then uh, to come out on top in this series to avoid the same fate? The Leafs have better talent. They're, they have not shown that they're the better team. Right now, Florida is the better team because they're working more cohesively together and they're getting the goaltending. I mean, you know, Ilya Samsonov has not played badly. Mm -hmm. He's played, but again, in the Tampa series, um, he really wasn't challenged in the game two win. He gave up four goals in the game four win, but then, you know, he kept them close when they were down. Game six, he was better than Vasilevsky. In these two games, Bobrovsky has um, has outgoaltended him, and I, you know, the, but he's probably been better than any goalie though so far in 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 the playoffs, though. No, Bobrovsky. like in this series, like Bobrovsky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bob, in the second round, Bobrovsky <laughs> has been the best yeah, goaltender. Yeah. Better yeah. than. I mean, Jake Ottinger had a bad game in game one for Dallas, but then he was good in game two. So far, Bobrovsky has been the best goal. Like I was I was looking at his stats and he has actually had the best his his best games, period, for the whole season in these two games. No. So I can't continue. I can't. No. Well, like, I was gonna I mean, say, of course he does. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like former Leafs scoring against Toronto. Of course mm -hmm. they do. You know, the, yeah. So but yeah, no, he's he's played wonderfully and you know, the question is, you know, how long can he keep that up? Because he is not a young guy, but now he's getting, I heard, I heard the analysis, oh, the, the, the two days rest is the best thing because yeah. Bobrovsky <laughs> now gets a chance to, I think it's actually a good thing for Toronto because they need to sort of stop Florida's momentum and two mm -hmm. days, you think that team wanted two days off? They wanted to keep playing every other day. Well, I, I think that's true because like, really, I, I'm just looking at this and they are the ultimate in the opportunistic team, you know, like basically they have scored within five seconds on turnovers nine times in, in these playoffs so far. So I think they just are the type of team that they wait for you to make a mistake. And when you do, they're going to make you pay because they've got those great game breakers. So I think that's one of the things the Leafs and I need to do is basically not turn the puck over. Now I, I would I would I would challenge any of the analytics aficionados out there. I, I'm I'm putting out the call for somebody to calculate how many goals the Maple Leafs have given up within two to three minutes of them scoring. Oh, and for I sure. Bet, and I will bet you easily, easily, it's probably thirty. And then you know, then I'm talking about regular season and playoffs. Mm -hmm. They 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 did it in the Tampa series, um, and in this series, you know, they uh, I mean the the Lundell goal wasn't right after, but it was fairly close. But against Tampa, Tampa, you know, the Leafs would score, and Tampa would come right back down and score and re and respond. And it's like there is nothing more soul crushing than a goal right after you think you have the momentum, yeah. and yeah. and you know everybody says momentum is is you know not quantifiable baloney because you look you watch. What, what goes on in these playoffs and, you know, you see a team give up a goal and then all of a sudden you see the, like the look in their eyes and then, all, you know, and then all of a sudden they've given up two goals and then they've, you know, the Leafs come back from four, one and it's tied. And then Tampa's lost the game. I mean, that that happens. So, I mean, I think momentum is a real thing and they steal, they, they give away their momentum more than any team. The, of the eight teams in the second round right now, they're the team that has led the least. Because if you look, I mean, they they didn't lead at all in games one, in game 
uh, four until they won in overtime uh, in game five against Tampa and in both games, or excuse me, in the game one, no. And, and they held the lead for a period in game two. They, they, you know, they don't hold the lead. And in the playoffs, you know, if it was in their mind to say, okay, we've got a lead, 2-1 lead in the second period. Let's hold on to that. That was gone in 19 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was, I don't know. It's just like, it's old habits for me. Like I'm thinking like they don't start the periods on time or they don't start the game on time or they're letting in a, like a goal at the end of the period, like closer to the end of the period, which kind of you go into the intermission and it kind of blows the wind out the sails or sails in the wind, whatever. Or take and, a uh, penalty at the end. Or take a penalty, right? It just, uh, I don't know, they're old habits to me, like from even like from previous crushing. seasons. Yeah, and they're crushing. And I just, I don't, like my question, I guess the next question we had for you was in terms of the team itself, mm. do you think the, like the fact that they finally won this whole 19 years, like the curse and all that, like, do you think it's made them relax a little bit too much against like coming into the series? Like the, cause the top players just don't seem to have it, I guess, whatever that it is, if it's killer instinct or whatever, but going, they have zero points yeah. in the first two games. Going the into the series. That was my yeah. main concern for actually mm -hmm. both teams, because, you know, Florida could say, we just won our Stanley cup. We beat the president's trophy, 65 win team, you know, the team that had the best record in history, um, I don't think hunger is a problem for them because they've appeared very hungry in the first two games. With Toronto, I was worried about, okay, we're satisfied. We got the first round. Um, now, obviously, I don't think they want to lose, but that no. mom that momentum and that, that motivation to yeah. win that first round uh, was so palpable. And finally, they did it. And like I thought, okay, maybe the disappointment would be one game. But – Really, and, and and again, I, I harp on this, but it's it's a reality, and it's it's the it's the reality of this core group, and it has been so since they were put together. Um, you know, maybe it's maybe it's a fallacy to say you know, a sixty-minute effort in the game, but when you have the talent that they have, you have to be the better team for the majority of the game. And really, as I said, in eight games, I think they've been the better the, the majority of the game for two, maybe three. Man, maybe game two they were, but that 47 seconds really killed them and, and yeah. sapped their energy. That, okay, with the talent that they have, that's inexcusable. And I don't think that's on coaching. I think that's on the players. And I've thought it's on the players for three or four years. Hence the reason why after losses to Columbus or a loss to Montreal or a loss to Tampa Bay, I didn't say like blow up and trade, you know, trade the core group to the four corners of the world, but I did say that you needed to shake up this group because there's a bit of, I think, I think, um, um, psychological complacency and, mm -hmm. and, you know, now, okay, now they've been satisfied. They got by the first round. Hallelujah. The there's, <laughs> there's, uh, you know, um, cheering in the streets on young yeah. street, they're waving yeah. flags and, you know, buying, buying Tim Horton's coffee, but, but, you know, <laughs> but, but okay, that's not the goal here. The goal is to win the Stanley Cup for the first time since I was a month old, you know, uh, um, you know, drinking mother's milk. It's like, you know, it's like, I'm sorry. It's like that, that's yeah. the goal. Yeah, you know? no. And the players were saying the right things after, like after their win against Tampa, like mm -hmm. they were all like that core group were saying all the things we mentioned on our last show. Um, but yeah, they, I, I don't know. They're even before, the series start like most people were saying if they can get th through the first round the like it's just going to be like an engine like a train they're just going to power through and get through to the yeah, but whether it be the conference final or the stanley cup final right we're still hoping but um but it just hasn't been there i don't know yeah. it's, just, it's not if they don't work though and and it's not if the opposing team has a guy at least one or maybe more than one but a guy like matthew kachuk who never takes a shift off no. at all he has I, got a ridiculous work ethic and a ridiculous engine and he's always going I, so i admire him he's a pain in the ass to play yeah. against, you know he but you know it's not it's not just him it's like no. and i hearken back and i i 
I tease my my friend Adam Wild, uh, who is on the on Steve Dangle's uh, podcast. Uh, back in the day when Sam Bennett was on the trade block from Calgary, I'm like, and the the reported cost was a second round pick. I'm like, go out and get this guy because you know he scores 15, 20 goals at the most during the regular season, but he is a biatch to play against yeah. in the playoffs. And I think Matthew Nyes and Michael Bunting know how much of a biatch he is because they're feeling they're feeling a little bit of pain right now from what Sam Bennett does. He performs, he scores in the playoffs. It's not just Kachuk. Montour's playing mm-hmm. that way. Barkov. Was- oh, and I noticed Montour too. Like he's taking a page out of Bunting's book. He's he's chirping and oh, yeah. talking after every play. He's like da 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 da. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, but, but, you know, you need, and that's the thing. You need those players. Those players Mm -hmm. are difference makers in the postseason. And for all, for all the quality that Austin Matthews have, has, he's not that guy. He's not going to chirp. He's just going to go out and score goals. And that's fine. But you need more vocal guys on a team. And when you have him, and Mar and, and Mitch Marner is not a chat chatterbox, and John Tavares is just a workmanlike guy, and he's not gonna. And William Neander is like a like a mannequin out there; he doesn't say a thing. So, I mean, you know, you need you need the guys to sort of chirp back and forth because that gets the blood flowing and that gets things going. And I mean, I don't know if there's enough of, of the of that on the Leafs right now because Florida is doing all that stuff, and it seems mm-hmm. self motivating, and that's how they're winning. Do you think they took a little bit of, out of bunting sales with this whole suspension thing and maybe he's too tempered now? I mean, he's still, he's still chattering. I mean, he's still, but I th- I don't think like he steps out of line one more time. He's going to get suspended again. Mm. You know, they, mm-hmm. And you know, it just seems like the NHL can't wait to do that. I mean, that, maybe, right. that, maybe that's a Toronto centric is- point of view, but yeah. I mean, Sheldon Keith essentially said, well, the cross check that Bennett did on bunting was the equivalent of what Austin Matthews did to Rasmus Dahlin at the outdoor game. And mm-hmm. Hamilton, I was at that game and it was basically the same thing. It's just one was in the regular season and one was in the playoffs. And, and a $5,000 fine for that is ridiculous. But, you know, I knew that there wasn't it wasn't suspension. I thought actually the the bulldog that he did on Matthew Nyes was more suspension worthy than the yeah, cross check because you see the cross checks all the time. Yeah. The thing is, with that Matthew Nyes play, like the angle that mostly got shown didn't really show what how like he was basically cutting off the circulation and had him in a headlock and basically threw him down and he should have at least got a roughing penalty minimum on that because it was completely uncalled for. And it should have have been at least a double minor on the cross check or a five minute on the cross check and Mm -hmm. the two minute minor. And of course I said, well, it's because they were cross checking the guy that the referees hate the most. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, subconsciously it's like, well, gee, okay. You can get away with that. I mean, people were saying he was, he was diving. Oh, he was diving. I mean, while he, how can you dive when you're already on the ground? Right. And then for, for good measure, Bennett hits him again with the cross check when he's, when he's laying down on the ice. So, yeah, Yeah. no, he's not (laughs) Michael Bunting and Matthew Nyes are not Connor McDavid. If that was Connor McDavid, the guy would have got like, Two game games suspension. or at least two game mm-hmm. suspensions yeah. or anything, right? It's all that's the way the NHL works, in my opinion, which is right. ridiculous. But yeah. we won't we won't spend too much time on the. No. Uh, what's your other question, Sil? So, so we're talking a, a little bit about what Flora's doing. So, like, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about their relentless four check. So, so do you think this has been the difference against the Leafs so far? And if if it is, or regardless, um, what do they need to do to neutralize this aspect of their game and basically play start playing their game? Because I find that the, that Florida is really sucking them into playing almost like it looks like they're sucking them into playing a regular season game somehow, and it's well, just the, the intensity is not there until they kind of pounce on you like a cat does. I think they're sucking them in to play their style of game yeah. rather than Toronto dictating the play with the because okay Toronto has more offensive talent. I mean, I mean, you know, this is most of the Florida team that that was the President's Trophy winner last year and scored a whole bunch of goals. Defensively, they're not very they're not very uh, deep. 
I mean, they're, you know, they're, I think their blue line is something that the Leafs can take advantage of, but they just haven't been able to. I mean, that's where I thought that the series would be won was the Leafs attacking, you know, guys like Josh Mahora and, you know, Radko Gudis is a tough SOB, but you can move around him and Ekblad is playing injured, but really the Leafs haven't taken advantage of that. And what, what has gone on, at least in game one, I thought what the Leafs, the mistake that they made was they were being proactive and saying, okay, you're not going to push us around. We're going to be physical on you. And again, Jake McCabe stepped up and was out of position on the Carter Verhage over uh, the Carter Verhage breakaway late in the second period after they had worked so hard to get back tied to two. And then he d- tries to make this big hit and he gets caught up the ice and Brody doesn't read it the right way. And Verhage goes the other way. So I think that they've been trying to be more physical and that's sort of taking them out, mm-hmm. out of their game. I mean, okay. They're never going to be a tougher team than Florida. The whole purpose of going out at the deadline and getting guys like O'Reilly and Achari and Shen uh, and Lafferty was to not be pushed around, not to be proactive, but not be pushed around, to have pushback, to have sandpaper. But you still have to maintain the game that wins you, and the, the game that you can play that wins you games, and that's offense. And really – Okay, they scored two goals in game one, and they scored two goals in game two, and their core group did absolutely nothing. So what do you got to get back to? You got to get back to scoring goals. I 100% agree with you, and I actually think that that's how the that's how the series was lost last year against Tampa. There was like too many games where we just tried to we got away from our game and tried to play their game, and I don't know why. Like that is a coaching thing, I think. Yeah. You know, when you, when well, you look at that part of it. When Sheldon Keefe said it was baffling after, yeah. then it was kind of like, okay, so what you don't know? <laughs> well, no, no, okay. there, right? but, I'll, yeah. I'll defend Sheldon Keefe here because I yeah. think they're telling them in the locker room, you got to do this. And then they come out and they come out completely comatose in the first two shifts and they give up two goals. And everything that they accomplished in the first period was thrown into the garbage by those two shifts at the beginning of the second period. And then they spent the rest of the game chasing, chasing the lead and Bobrovsky stoned them blind. So, you know, it's like there is a lack of concentration with this team. They have immense talent. They're deep. Um, I think their defense is better than it's ever been, but there's still this complacency of the mind that continues. And again, like, I don't know if it's something where this team needs to be awakened by like a shakeup roster wise, like in the off season or what, but I don't know how many times a, a coach can tell them to do cer- certain things and them not listen and there be no accountability. And I mean, honestly, I, I like, We'll talk about Dubis and we'll talk about Keith and what happens if they if they lose. But you know what happens to this roster if they lose, and that's yeah. you know, that's a big question for the off season. Mm-hmm. We're not going to think about the off season. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's only I'll be back and we can talk about that when the off season. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that's still a ways down the way because yeah. if there's any team that can come back, it's this team. But they've got to get themselves parked somehow in front of Bobrovsky, and they need more than just the one and dones like the guys giving up pretty juicy rebounds actually so if anybody was in and around all that they could probably be doing something so they need to be getting somebody in front there and and messing with him a little bit more like they did with vasilevsky right they need to to take his eyes away like that like with vasilevsky because if he sees it he's going to stop it but you know the, the, the thing is i you know maybe bunting because bunting is that that's what he has done all year. He goes to the front of the net and he, and he disturbs people. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, is he, is he afraid that he's going to call for a penalty for, I mean, Aaron Eckblad has ha- had him in a, in a like Ric Flair headlock like three or four times <laughs> in game two. You know, I'm yes. That seems to be their MO. They like the headlock thing. Yeah. yeah and then, and then ben wrestling fans words. Yeah. It's like, I mean, why? I mean, wow. I mean, but yeah, yeah, that that's that seems to be their, their their thing. But I mean, Toronto has to not fall into the trap of playing that game with Florida because I think Florida wins if they play that game. Toronto has got to play. Toronto's got to dictate pace. They've got to dictate uh, the way that they attack. Um, they have to dictate uh, the matchups if they can. 
But even if they can't dictate the matchups, just go offense. They're, they're the better team. Like I almost better, think that is, but they'll be better off without that. To tell you the truth, yeah. Like they just need to get out there and and play, and they they definitely need to win on uh, Sunday. Oh yeah, that's like a game well, seven. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, if they if they don't win if they don't win game three, yeah. then it could be a sweep. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh my God! Please God, no! Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean and that, and that, that's that's a sad commentary because yeah. you know, like you said before, ever, there was a th- school of thought that you know they win the first round and then all of a sudden you know they they now they have the confidence and they can. Yeah. But you look at the landscape of the Eastern Conference. You know, Boston, Boston. You know, exactly. Yeah. It's actually it's a it's a disgrace if they don't because it is wide open. Like basically, what will happen then is guess guess what we're going to be seeing Carolina in the in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, you you watch Carol, you watch that Carolina New Jersey series, and it's yeah. laughing. I mean, don't get me wrong; I'm not disgracing a Carolina. They're a very good defensive team. Freddie Anderson's played good the last couple Freddie. of games. They don't really have. <laughs> A, don't cheer only, for him. Yeah, they don't really have a, a, a gifted offense without Teravine and without uh, uh, Svechnikov. You know, Jesperi Kotkaniemi, the Leaf killer, uh, is scoring <laughs> like crazy for them. But it's like if the Leafs go up against Carolina, I mean, I think a lot of people, the majority of people, would pick Toronto. But they have to get by Florida first, and that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, the, yeah. I don't think you'll ever get a road as clear. You know, there's no Rangers, there's no Bruins, and there's no yeah. Tampa. Okay, when's that going to happen again? And who, when- who would have thought at the beginning of the playoffs that that was going to happen? So Nobody. They, yeah, and they, they should put that up on the bulletin board yeah. in their dressing room and say the road is there. Like, yeah, grab a hold of it. Like, but get you, going. But right? you have to, you have to want to do yes. everything yeah. that you possibly can to do it. And I, I wasn't in Toronto for games one and two. I'm supposed to go up for game five to cover the game. I wasn't there for the morning skate or what Morgan Riley said or before game two, but you know, he saw that they blew an opportunity to take control of the series in game one and that the team needed to sort of uh, do more in game two to, to sort of get even. And they did it for a period. And then that four, that, that, that 47 second span killed that. And they didn't recover until probably midway through the second. And then by that point, Bobrovsky was, you know, again, he was uh, yeah. not Clark Kent, but he was Superman. He was, yeah, he definitely was, locked in. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Mike, for coming on the show. That's, uh, I don't know, we're going to hopefully, hopefully we'll be, next time we talk, we'll be probably going to. Uh, conference finals. Game, conference finals, maybe game six, maybe game seven. I don't know. But, <laughs> but uh, of this series. But yeah, no, it's great to have your. Uh, input and your background because you're always around the Leafs you and um, yeah we just want to thank you for taking the time anytime yes anytime. so everybody you can check out Mike's blog and podcast on hockeybuzz.com and the Leafs convo and if you don't follow him on Twitter you should and his handle is at Mike in Buffalo so definitely check him out there great Leafs talks after the show and of course Leafs Nation we like to talk our Leafs so yeah. thanks again Mike my pleasure. Okay. Always great to having Mike on the show. Uh, he's a member of the media and uh, has a great passion for the Leafs, just like us. And we definitely appreciate that. So we'll see how it goes in the next couple of games. Uh, no question. We need our top players to be our top players. Uh, zero points in the first two games of the series doesn't bode well for us uh, if they want to bring this uh, series back home for game five. Uh, yeah, we definitely, you know, I would say even a split is not not going to cut it. I mean, it's not the end of the world, but we have to get minimum one game out of these next two. Yeah. So anyway, if Flora could win two, we can win two. Yeah, because we are the better team, really. Yes. We are the better, we're just, but we need to play like it. You know, we, we need to, to play, play like it for a full 60. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So be sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Our handle is at LTL1917. 1917. <laughs> and uh, I'm having a problem this show with my words. Anyways, <laughs> I'll be I'll get better. Um, and again, a reminder to leave us a rating or a review and let us know what you think of the show. Uh, it's easy on Apple and Spotify, like I mentioned, or we mentioned earlier in the show, it's just a click and it 
gives our show uh, more exposure as a source for leaf content. And we thank you for taking the time. Mm-hmm. And another way to help us out is by visiting our Kofi page at Kofi.com. You can follow us there. And if you choose to, you can buy us a coffee. Any donation you give us uh, makes uh, it easier for us to produce the show and make it even better for you. So you can find the link to our Kofi page on any of our social media profile pages or our show notes. And as always, we want to take time to thank our healthcare workers and first responders for everything that they do. And thanks as always for watching and listening. So until next time, go Leafs go. Do you believe? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.